The reality is, and I'm a firm advocate of this, is that manufacturing any CPG company in volume, you are talking about fractions of a penny that will add up to keeping the doors open at your facility and allowing you to do more. And the most important thing in business is to keep the doors open. However, I firmly believe, and I believe we have proof of this now, that measures going towards being better, more sustainable, when done right, will actually have a positive effect on your bottom line. Because in the natural and organic space particularly, but in the consciousness of the, the United States and the world as a whole, there is a brand equity that can be uh, invested in with your consumers when you're able to relate and tell the story of what you're doing. And that brand equity will increase velocity on the shelf, will increase loyalty, and will help accelerate your path towards higher sales in existing channels and new channels opening up. Want to understand how Eric Hall, who you just heard there, and Rita Katona approach business? Look past their new biodegradable bottles and their growing line of wellness shots and tonics. Walk right past those open doors and step out back behind their manufacturing plant. There sits three waste stream bins, one for recycling, one for organics, and a tiny one. That one is for trash. The larger ones find new life a couple times a week. The small one, it gets removed once a month. Everything the husband and wife founders of So Good, So You do runs through a lens of sustainability and humanity. I chatted with Rita and Eric back in April as the fight against coronavirus set in, and they prepared to launch Better Bottle to the public, as they did here in mid-July. Join us as we explore their commitment, their journey to market, and why they measure their investments beyond the bottom line. I'm Christine Kapperman, and this is Fodder, the podcast offering food for thought for natural products industry professionals. Fodder is brought to you by New Hope Network's Escobona platform and is underwritten by 301 Inc., the Giannuzzi Group, Healthy Lifestyle Brands, Morningstar Farms, Stonyfield Organic, Unilever, and Whipstitch Capital. So I'm Eric Hall. I am the CEO and co-founder of So Good, So You. And I'm Rita Katona, co-founder of So Good, So You and board chair. And we're thrilled to be here today um, to talk about our company. So, so Good So You makes plant-based functional beverages. And we're a community that's driven to do everything that we can, as we say, for the love of body and planet. Uh, Eric and I believe that together as a community, we can do more good for each other as humans and for our planet than we can do as individuals which is why we started the company in 2014. Great. And so the focus is really kind of those functional shots, right? Cayenne, kicked you minute. I'm sorry, I'm babbling. Whoop, excuse me. <laughs> that ginger and cayenne kicked immunity shots, the beauty shots, yes. detoxes. Am I going down the right yes. path? Yep, absolutely. Yep, our... our functional uh, shot line is industry leading with all of them containing a billion CFUs of probiotics, which support immune and digestive health. 
um, as well as uh, a unique functional uh, feature that is driven by a plant-based ingredient in each of them. And we have about 25% market share um, in this category that didn't exist a couple of years ago. So it's been very exciting. Great. And you come from kind of a, a is it big CPG? Is that fair to say? How did you come to yes. this starting a, a shots company? Sure. So um, about a dozen years corporate retail background um, is what led me ultimately to what is my passion, which is health and wellness. And I really was always the, the go-to person in my group of friends and um, at the companies that I worked at to be that resource for health and wellness and secretly always aspired to start something from scratch create something from nothing and uh, really to fuse my experiences in retail, um, having been a buyer and a sourcing manager at companies like the Home Shopping Network and Target to um, create something that helped people um, in a really meaningful way and that connected like-minded individuals that shared the same passions. And so you talk a lot about health there, but I know that like you said a little earlier, health of planet has been so key to all of your yes. business decisions. Can you talk about why that is so important? Yeah, absolutely. So our, our company tagline is for the love of body and planet. And Eric and I shared this passion, but he just loves to talk about it. So I'm going <laughs> to, to let him. <laughs> well, I will say that from our foundation, all decisions in our company go through the lens of sustainability. Um, for example, we are powered, uh, we are a manufacturer as well as a brand. So we make all of our own products and we're powered hundred percent by renewable energy. We're also a zero waste manufacturing facility. And to put that concept into your mind, if you were at our plant today, you'd see a couple of large, large bins out back. One has recycling and one has organics and a very, very small one that's for trash. The ones that are for recycling and organics get removed multiple times a week. The one that's for trash is once a month. And so we believe that when you're able to make a decision that is for the good of the environment, that it also can be a decision that is good for your brand. Because while the cost initially may be more to do what you feel is right, there is a brand weight and there is an authentic story that you can communicate to your consumers that has a value to that. And when you are authentic to yourself, I believe that your community rallies around that and you can build an opportunity to do more together. Excellent. It just seems waste stream management alone is not easy. Can you talk about how that decision-making process looks when sourcing ingredients, working on the lawn? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and their sustainability is uh, multi-pronged. When you're a manufacturer, there is um, uh, inputs going in and outputs going out that can produce inadvertent waste. There are uh, shipping costs and ways that we get product in. And I will say that as an emerging brand, we're not perfect, but we're on a journey to be better. And regardless of where a person is as an individual, or as a brand, there are steps that you can do each day to improve what you are doing today 
at the stage that you're at. So when we look at sustainability as a company, we look at how first, where we're getting our product from, how we can consolidate the shipping from where it is now to where it needs to be. Once it is here, what is the packaging that it comes in? What is the end of cycle use of that packaging or reuse or recyclability of that packaging? And then as byproducts that we have when you make juice, what can be done with that? There's organic materials and everything else that comes from them that you can actually do in a more sustainable way. Right. Is there one particular area that was particularly challenging or you're really pleased with the solution you found? It depends on the day and it depends <laughs> on the year. Um, I would say, um, I would say that our most recent initiative um, is our better bottle. And, you know, our, our packaging has always been made with post-consumer recycled plastic. It's just the right thing to do. But we wanted to find a solution that was more full cycle and took into account the fact that 86% of all materials put in a recycling container end up in a commercial landfill. We partnered with leading um, polymer manufacturers to bring the next step in sustainability to market. I'm proud to say that the better bottle that we're launching in the next few months biodegrades at an accelerated rate in a commercial landfill and converts into usable energy. I mean, for me, that was a really to learn because from the beginning, we spent um, probably anywhere from 10 to 30% more per bottle to use 100% post-consumer recycled plastic. And we felt good about that, even though we knew it was still plastic and a petroleum-based product and it's not ideal. But then when we learned that 86% of plastic waste still end up in landfills, regardless of proper recycling. Um, that really drove home that we need to continue to look for ways to improve on this. And I'd say that this is the next step. It is not the end solution. When we first launched our website several years ago, had a little tongue in cheek on it that said that we would love to pour our juice into your outpoured cupped hands. But unfortunately, as that is not possible, plastic is a way that we need to get it to you. But we are always looking for a way to be better. And this is the next step on that journey for our company. Right. And that, from what I understand, you just don't go find this kind of product. So when did this project start for you? And, and how long did it take to get to this point where you're bringing something to market? This particular initiative has been in the works for over 18 months. However, part of our commitment towards sustainability from our initial launch was annually we would examine the marketplace and see if there is a more sustainable solution to the plastic problem that our product was produced in um, or came delivered in. About two years ago, we became aware that there are additives that were being created that could be added to a polymer or a plastic that could help give a more sustainable solution. And so our search was first to find those additives find the partners, work with the manufacturers, get it tested, and then to be able to bring that to market. Right, so how, how many folks or businesses did you go through to find the ultimate solution? Oh, 
that's hard to say because mm-hmm. you tend to forget all the bridges that you <laughs> yes, cross. I mean, um, all the trade shows mm-hmm. and conversations that you know may have led to future conversations, but then dead ends. Um, I, I I would say it would be uh, an understatement to at least say seventy-five to hundred firm conversations, not just passings. These are contacting existing suppliers, talking to their sustainability people, talking to the um, chemical engineers, um, always searching, trying to find who has heard of someone trying to do something new, something that is better. And the reality is, is that the economics of manufacturing and what people order tend to dictate the solutions that are brought to market. So unfortunately, many of the large companies that we talked to had heard of something, but had not pursued it because unfortunately market forces were dictating that people were purchasing what was best for the economics at the moment for the company, as opposed to what is the best thing for the planet. That's such a truth. It's even in the natural products industry that continues to happen when we know we want to put planet up there as much as we do the health of our people and our customers. So it it takes commitment. It does. The the reality is, and I'm a firm advocate of this, is that manufacturing any CPG company in volume, you are talking about fractions of a penny that will add up to keeping the doors open at your facility and allowing you to do more. And the most important thing in business is to keep the doors open. However, I firmly believe, and I believe we have proof of this now, that measures going towards being better, more sustainable, when done right, will actually have a positive effect on your bottom line. Because in the natural and organic space particularly, but in the consciousness of the the United States and the world as a whole, there is a brand equity that can be uh, invested in with your consumers when you're able to relate and tell the story of what you're doing. And that brand equity will increase velocity on the shelf, will increase loyalty, and will help accelerate your path towards higher sales in existing channels and new channels opening up. I'll add that it must be in the DNA of the company and the brand for for this to work. It has to be authentic and part of your purpose um, as an organization. If it's an afterthought, then this just doesn't hold true. That is true, but I believe that a large portion of um, companies that are in the natural and organic space have this in their DNA, but Unfortunately, the economics of where they are at um, dictate the decision they are making because it is a little bit scary to take that leap when you are trying to fine tune fractions of pennies and this costs many, many pennies to do. For, for sure. And, and if you think about starting up and how scary it is to be building something and iterating and, and get to that minimum viable product that has a proof of concept, um, it's, it's scary and it's expensive. Right. So how did you ultimately land on Better Bottle and what kind of economic decisions did you have to make for that? 
So the decision for the better bottle was that we found two pieces of information along our journey towards sustainability. The first was learning that as of 2017, when China uh, shut off its market to receiving uh, international recycling material, that all of a sudden 86% of all material that was going into a recycling bin was actually ending up in a landfill. The second piece of information was finding that there are companies out there looking for a solution to that by investing into uh, additives and creating additives, should I say, that go into a polymer that can change that and accelerate that biodegradation. Candidly, we are on the journey to make certain that our package is 100% friendly to the earth. This solution is a step towards that, just as the step we took initially was making certain that it was done with recycled or post-consumer recycled plastic. And one thing that I would say to anyone who's listening to this that is in a CPG company or in a natural organics and saying, wow, I'd love to take steps, but I'm just not at that stage. You don't have to be perfect. We as individuals are not perfect and companies are not. But if you take steps towards that and you're true to your DNA, if you're authentic to your consumers, you can share that human aspect of your journey. And it's something that people can relate to. Yeah, we're all human in the end. Yes. Right. So then a, a little bit, I, I know you don't want to, we don't want to get too detailed, but ultimately I'm wondering, did this new bottle cost a little more and how is that affecting bringing your your ultimate product to market absolutely so the polymer does add um over a penny and a half to each unit that we sell um the effect on bringing our product to market is negligible for us candidly mm -hmm. because it is an investment that we felt was just necessary and the right thing to do and so you reallocate resources where you need to, to make certain you can get done what is right. Super. And ultimately this partner you found, you, you've trademarked Better Bottle, but this product is something that is available to others as well. Yes, the polymer is available. And to help facilitate this, I would actively ask anyone to feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, and I'd be happy to give them more information. Our goal is to help support not just through our products, but hopefully be a leader in the industry to see what is possible and to inspire others to have their own journey towards sustainability. Super. And I also love that you said this is just one step to whatever that next goal is. Are you already taking those next steps towards that next goal or how long before you can take that next step with the technology that's out well, there? Well, act actually, where we landed with Better Bottle was in the, the search for the holy grail, which is we, we ultimately want to be able to put our products in uh, a container that is ocean friendly. Yeah, fully compostable is the goal. Um, I believe that's a sangreal not only for our brand, but for anyone in the industry right now, both consumer and manufacturer. And we are have been uh, in active negotiations and talks to see how fast uh, that can be brought to market. And ultimately, 
if I'm not mistaken, I know, Eric, you're more in the, the weeds on this, but that technology already exists. But this is where the the viability of commercialization, um, it needs to catch up to the supply and demand is equation doesn't quite make sense for it yet. So um, our, our product would need to sell at a multiple of what it's selling for right now. Um, in order to make that viable. And the manufacturing, I don't think, is even there in scale yet. Yeah, it is not yet. Right. We read about so many great finds out there. And then consumers are saying, well, can't you make it out of seaweed? And I hear about this cassava <laughs> and I hear about corn and all of these things. But uh, it seems like it really is more in research phase at the moment. So It is. And, and the challenge that all CPG brands face is that um, although consumers want and almost expect a sustainability story or companies to do the right thing, there also is a limit on the elasticity of the category that they're in and the price that they can command. So you can price yourself out of scalability by simply trying to always do what is 100% perfect. And so being able to recognize that it is steps that you take and it's a journey you're on, I think is the way that we have found success and can feel good about what we do as a company, as a brand. That's great advice. And then the other thing that happens too is we're dealing with food, we're dealing with shelf life. So many issues beyond uh, the plastic bag at, at the grocery store or, or my produce bag that says biodegradable on it. Certainly there's uh, food safety and, and uh, being able to stay in a refrigerated environment because our products are, are perishable as all the best things are. Um, those are all considerations that we have to weigh. Right. Now, the other thing is we're sitting here talking in April. Uh, we're in still a health crisis and, and who knows where the economy is going. I'm curious when we talk about the sustainability efforts, we talk about the um, capacity of, of consumers to be thinking about spending more on products that are doing better. Where are you sitting and thinking about the importance of sustainability and the cost of sustainability with still an unknown 2020, even maybe 2021? Yeah, I think uh, it's more, more important than ever. And it's been um, interesting and, and if I might even say hopeful to see some of the, the little bit of silver lining in this um, worldwide catastrophe that we're experiencing right now um, with the planet literally taking a deep breath of fresh air for the first time in probably a hundred years right now with um, social distancing and uh, stay-at-home orders and people being forced to slow down, the the positive impact that this is having on the environment makes it even more top of mind. And for us as a company, it's never even become an option to say we could save money by doing things differently from how we've always done them. I believe that Values are not something that's on the wall or something that you communicate when a person is initially onboarded or to your consumers. These are things that are authentic, are authentic in your DNA. 
And the test of your commitment to those values is not when things are going well, but it's when challenges arise. That's perfect. What values are helping you most at this time? I think we we come back to um, our tagline for the love of body and planet and always making decisions about um, the products that we put out into the market and share with our, our community, um, upholding those values. So plant-based, plant-powered ingredients that are organic, uh, manufacturing in a way that is as environmentally friendly as possible. And then it extends to um, what we call radical transparency, both within the company and, and with our consumers and really supporting our uh, our team members and doing what we need to do to keep them safe and to keep them well during this difficult time. Great. Oh, can you share a few things that you've done that you might not have been doing just a month ago? Absolutely. So um, initially within, I think, the first two days of uh, COVID-19 uh, starting, um, we so we are in a fortunate spot as a brand and a manufacturer right now when a lot of the world, a lot of the United States is actually in shelter in place, we still are operating. Um, however, there are members of our team that um, are able to work from home. So we've taken significant measures to safeguard the individuals that do not have that flexibility and freedom. So the first measure that we did was we mandated that if you could work from home, you need to. The second is, is that everyone who is in the plant immediately received four additional weeks of paid sick time. And that was meant so if they have a family member or a friend or anyone that they need to take care of, they could have two weeks to do so. And if unfortunately through that they got sick and it did not even have to be COVID-19, but if they got ill out of that, they would have an additional two weeks to take care of themselves. We would never want anyone to do something that is an economic decision that would jeopardize their health or the health of their coworkers. In addition, we've added more sanitations, we've added social distancing at work, but we've tried to keep it fun by making certain that we have immunity shots uh, multiple times a day. Uh, we still have dance parties uh, in our plant uh, and share them on our internal Slack team for culture. Uh, in fact, I'm smiling to ear to ear because we just had one yesterday. And then also, when, when we talk about community, we mean the people that are in the company are, as our community as much as our um, customers and our social community. And so something that we kicked off that um, our, our team has been really proud, of, proud to support is our Healthcare Heroes initiative. And so we, we initially sat down as a team to talk about what can we do to help those that are most vulnerable and on the front lines, the healthcare workers who don't have a choice of staying home? And we came up with the idea um, after reaching out and, and validating this with the healthcare workers um, in our network that they would love to get care packages full of our immunity shots. And so we extended this out and um, launched a campaign via social media and our website to let people know that they can nominate healthcare workers 
and we would be focusing on the hot zones or the most impacted areas that are struggling the most with coronavirus cases right now. And uh, we've sent out the the first batch of packages, and they're they're going to continue to go out over the next couple of weeks. So, feeling really good about that, and and hope that we can inspire individuals and other companies to examine how they can show their appreciation um, for these remarkable individuals as well. That is great inspiration and the dance party too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I so appreciate the time Rita and Eric for taking the time today to talk about these big and important issues, uh, the sustainability is a core and a core for our industry and something that I hope that we can see our way through and continue to innovate upon and, and come out the other side stronger. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Fodder is a production of New Hope Network found on the interwebs at New Hope Network and supported by the Escobona Partnership Platform. This podcast and partner events are underwritten by the Giannuzzi Group, Healthy Lifestyle Brands, Morningstar Farms, Stonyfield Organic, Unilever, Whipstitch Capital, and 301 Inc., an energetic and enthusiastic team that collaborates with emerging food brands to make the world a healthier place. The company is passionate about brands that have a positive social impact, whether it's educating farmers or supporting global regenerative programs. 301 Inc. believes that consumers want brands to tell an inspirational story and have real impact.